And welcome back to the Delaware Boys Dynasty Football Podcast. Brian, say what's up to the people, man. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, happy to be here tonight. Just me and Steven tonight. Love it. Um, but yeah, nah, um, getting into my favorite position for the buys is always one of my better podcasts of every year that I look forward to. We're finally here. Um, covering the buys, sells, and receivers. Uh, I'm, I've been ready for this. I'm excited. Yeah, um, we're in your domain. Um, obviously, my wide receiver knowledge is, is solid. It's very good. Uh, you are the wide receiver guy of our podcast. Um, it's your position. It's your favorite position. Um, so let's jump into it, man. Uh, we're going to do buy sells, wide receiver edition. It's your favorite time of the year. Next week, you come into my domain. Then yep. we have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like willing, uh, it's kind of like we're gonna want Christmas morning for a podcast for me. Yeah, I'm willing to play ball though. Let's play ball, man. Let's play. I'll let you kick it off too. Oh shit! I mean, I'm assuming we started out with our with, we did sales last time again. Continue with sales first. Yeah, let's jump into the sales. Um, so I didn't stray away in this podcast. I I chose two sales from the top ten consensus from the dynasty community. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not scared. Um, but I'll start out light and easy and we'll get into a little bit more beef with Steven later. My first buy of the night is going to be T or excuse me. First sell of the week night is going to be, um, T Higgins. Um, so far he's what three seasons in, he's never topped 1100 yards, which is rough considering he's top 10 in dynasty. Um, I'm just not sold on it. He's going to be behind Jamar Chase unless he leaves the Bengals probably for the rest of his career. Um, you can't escape for any Chase and Burrow. That's just – that's it. You know what I mean? There's no getting away from that. Um, 25 catches last year. That doesn't really do it for me. Uh, he was supposed to be this, like, great receiver. He's shown flashes, but, like, you have to put together a season that says, okay, this is the guy that everybody expects him to be. And those guys like Terry McLaurin, who produced better numbers, who have slid down bar, slid down value, and T. Higgins just hasn't quite gotten that treatment yet. And I think he should be down there in that area compared to being like a top 10 guy just because of Joe Burrow. Um, it's tough. It's tough because when you talk about T Higgins, you talk about, you know, an explosive, big alpha type receiver. Um, you talk about a guy who's got elite body control, can play the ball very well. Um, I don't think we've seen his best season yet in the league. But like you're right, there are some red flags as well. Um, but this all comes down to the fact that we're going into a contract year with Higgins, and we don't know where he'll play long term. Um, if it's the Bengals, I think you have to expect wide receiver two production. Yeah, unless unless we're looking at Burrow slinging it 670 times. Yeah, I mean it's possible. I mean, it's possible. We've seen Herbert do it. We've seen Pat Mahomes push at 650-plus. It's possible. Um, I hate this because I like T. Higgins. I really do. 
I really do. I don't know. It's just not a guy that, like, especially at price, that I'm ever going to buy at. I mean, like you said, he's, like, maybe even for me, like, a, a middle-of-the-pack wide receiver, too. It's not like he's, like, a high-end wide receiver, too, for me. Um, I don't I'm know. Sure. I mean, like, Devontae Smith, kind of same situation. I'd rather have Devontae Smith. You're taking um, Devontae over Higgins? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely, like, this is a definite thing. I like Devontae more, man. Uh, that's that's just what it is. I mean, say what you want. Yeah, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, but, like, you, you still had plenty of games last year where Devontae was the number one every once in a while. I mean, not very many games in the year are you going to get T. Higgins. I'll say, I'll say this. He's been consistent. He's around that, like, he'll get you 10 points every week. I'll say that. But, like, I mean, if you think about it, though, like, let's be honest, like, the injury history doesn't really pan well for Higgins either. He's missed games. Like, I don't care if he dressed and suited for the games. Like, bring up the Baltimore game. Uh, you can bring up the Cleveland game. You can bring up the Buffalo game last year where the game ended within the first eight minutes of the game. Um, 14 games played the year prior. Um, I mean, if you look at it, he has the tangibles, and he's showing you the traits to be a wide receiver one. You know what I mean? Look at the yards per target. Look at the yards per catch. I don't think you've seen his best touchdown numbers um, going into it. Um, As well as, uh, like I said, I don't think you've seen the best season of his in the league yet. Um, It's tough. I like T. Higgins. I do. So I kind of got to stand up for my guy. You're not going to get a whole lot of argument out of me on this one. But I do think the whole situation changes when we go into the contract year and we see what happens. Because, I don't know. Like, how many how many better options are there for T. Higgins if he leaves the Bengals? Plenty. But, I mean, he's doing the rock more better than – I mean, here's the thing. They got the Chargers who are high volume, but they already have three guys there. Yeah, I mean, I get I get the landing spot. You know what I mean? It's cool. like landing spot's going to gonna be – it's going to be tough for him. Because what if he lands with, like, the Raiders or, like – I mean, I love the Giants, but if he lands with the Giants, you know what I mean? Like, I don't obviously. I so like obviously, this is the most ideal landing spot when it comes to playing with a with an elite QB, and you know, coverage gets you know you get less attention drawn to you when you have Jamar Chase on the other side of the field. You know what I mean? Like you get a yeah. you get a consistent production in the slot from Tyler Boyd. You have a running back who determines you know attention and Joe Mixon. I get it. I I get it. It's a perfect situation, perfect scenario. Yeah. Um. But it just goes back to belief and talent as well. I think I do think T. Higgins is a top fifteen receiver in football, real life and fantasy aspect as well. Um, but I do think he is held back just due to the pure volume that he doesn't see as a as a yeah. wide receiver two that he was a wide receiver one. But like I said, the elite traits and the tangibles are shown as well. Um, it's a tough one. This is a tough one. You're not going to hear a whole lot of argument from me out of this one. But I mean, like I said at the beginning of this, I'm not going to shy away from touching on these guys that people value highly. Like, I, I'll go against the grain. No, nah, it's cool. I, like yeah. I said, you're not going to hear a whole lot of argument from me. I don't – I think I have, like, two shares of Higgins. But I'm not afraid to own Higgins. You know what I mean? I'm not afraid. Yeah. To, like, obviously, obviously you've seen the jump from, like, the receivers like CeeDee Lamb uh, – you know, I know a guy you're going to touch on later, but Jalen Waddle, and we can keep going on the list. 
And I know consistently Higgins sits at the 13 to 14 fantasy points per game. You know, you're paying top 10, top 12 dynasty prices for him, and he's giving you top 20 production. Yeah. So I see, I see, the, I see the difference. I do. So you're not going to hear a whole lot of argument from me. Just personally, I like T. Higgins, so it's hard to argue for or against. Because, like I said, you see it. You see the elite tangibles and elite peripherals. They are there. Yeah. I mean, I'll give him credit. Like, it's, you, you can see it. He's a talented right. receiver. It's just, like, how much volume can you really get? And if he leaves the Bengals, are you really willing to play that lottery? I just – I don't know. I'm I'll play a, Albert. I mean, you kind of just got to believe in these guys when it comes to their talent as well. Yeah. So, I'll play it. I'll play your game. I'll play your game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we're going to hop into mine this one's tough for me um, you know you, I kind of want to avoid the guys that you're talking about here my first guy I want to talk about and this is a general consensus dynasty ranking I use keep trade cut because you know when we make our own calculations and our own rankings and you know you look at other sites as opposed to that it's just certain people when you look at the general consensus on keep trade cut this is the general fantasy population that plays football Specifically, yeah. dynasty football. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going off the board as wide receiver eleven. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, you cannot have Jackson Smith and Jigba ranked ahead of the true alpha on the roster. He is not. Not it does not make any sense to have him ranked above DK Metcalf at all. He's ahead of Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yeah. He's ahead of Drake London. He's ahead of, I mean, we can keep going down this list. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. I'm literally I can name you five, four more true alpha wide receiver ones. He's ahead of T. Higgins. So Hey. So, so here's where um, I'm at. Here's, so, where I'm at. Here's, here's where I'm at with it, Ryan. I know you believe in Jackson Smith. No question. I yeah. know you. I yeah. know you've seen. You know the interviews with Brian Hartline as the offensive coordinator. Jackson, you know, is the second best receiver I've coached in the last three to five years, behind Marvin Harrison Jr. I get that. Cool. Cool. But how long are you willing to wait on his production? To get to that ceiling that you're talking about, to get to a dynasty wide receiver 11, how long are you willing to wait on the production? Because you're talking about DK who's locked in, locked into a contract. Lock it locked into two more years with extension period times in his contract. And Tyler Lockett has been a top 15 receiver in real life football for the past five years. Yeah, Tyler Lockett has played phenomenal football. He has aged gracefully and – he continues to play at a high level. So when I look at this team who who was bottom five in, in the in the NFL in three wide receiver sets, who's he pushing out? Who? Yeah. Who is he pushing out? So like you, you touched on, I love JSN. Um, did he kind of get a little bit in trouble for me, dynasty value-wise, with his landing spot? Yeah, absolutely. Um one pick away from going to the Chargers, which would have been a phenomenal landing spot for him. Um, but now he's with the Seahawks, who are – Pete Carroll tends to run the ball a lot. 
And he was also faced up against DK and Tyler Lockett, who have been the duo there for a long time. Um, you can point to things like, okay, these wide receivers like Lockett, once they get around 30, they kind of start to hit that decline. So do they like kind of let Lockett ride his career out in the slot and kind of let JSN be the two there? At Dynasty 11 price, even I think he's gone a little bit too high as of like today. Now, I'm not saying he can't be 11 next year or the following, but as of right now, that's too high for me. And even with me projecting Lockett being pushed out, like that's not something that I really want to bet on because he has been that safe, reliable target, has great hands, goes down with the football. He's going to be on the field. Um, so that scares me a little bit as a JSN like lover. I think he would have been around 11 for me had he landed in honestly pretty much anywhere else. I mean, think about it. They two running backs hit the feed that they want to feed at least. And you got DK and Lockett. So like, what does that lead JSN? Who knows? Reports are in camp that he's already doing JSN things. Like he looks good, but like, I don't know what the volume is going to look like this year. And 11 is tough. Wide receiver 11 is tough to buy right now. That's what I'm saying. So it's like and, – and this is one of your guys. Um, pre-draft process, I had Jordan Addison one. Um, cool. Obviously, wide receiver is more of your expertise as when it comes to this is what you love to do. Wide receivers are your thing. So, JSN won for you. It doesn't surprise me. You've hyped JSN up for three years now. We've been talking about this guy for two, three years. Awesome. Yeah. The thing about it is when you're talking about it, potential return of investment when it comes to drafting this guy. Yeah. Would you eventually sell him just due to being frustrated with him? Or are you going to ride it out? I mean, if he's already on my roster at this point, I'm probably rounding it out. I'm not buying him right now. I'll tell you that. Um, I mean, I did early on in a team that was that I felt was aging. I needed to get a little bit of youth, so I sold him for Tyreek. Um, will I regret that? Maybe. Potentially. Probably even what some would say. But um, I wanted to own him in one place. I bought him once on a team that I didn't think I could win on. Tyreek was kind of like the odd man out, so I moved him for them. But I don't know. 11 is, is tough. 11 puts him already above Tyreek. So technically to the dynasty community, I won that trade according to key trade cut, which is like the consensus thoughts of the community. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. Say what you want. Uh, 11 is too high for JSN right now. I yeah. I mean, I feel comfortable. I mean, I would feel, I would feel comfortable at 16, 17 in that range, 15 to 17. That's yeah. fine. 11. That's high. Yeah, that's high. I got great. I mean, we got grades when we had CD Lamb at ten coming out of his rookie year. We had him. Yeah, 10, yeah. We got grades for it. So I mean, the same has to happen for JSN, right? It has yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Okay. I mean, I just don't. DK is not going anywhere. Lockett's. Lockett has a potential out in twenty twenty six. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's right. With a lot of restructuring to do, I will say because his base. His base salary is 15 mil in 2024. <laughs> so I'm going to say that, but I don't see Lockett going nowhere, man. Lockett is 
been one of the most consistent wide receivers in the game of football for a five-year stretch. He's played – he's aged gracefully. He's played very well. Yeah, so. I agree. He keeps he takes care of himself. That's the big difference with Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Well, go ahead, man. Go ahead. It's time. It's time to box. Time to box. All right, so let me just – let me do my spiel. We, Me and Steven have this argument probably 15 times in this offseason – um, we have a friendly bet going for it. If for Jalen Water finished outside top ten this year, um, I took him outside. I'm selling him at price right now. Right now, what if I told you Jalen Waddle is the wide receiver six? I believe it because I have him wide receiver six in dynasty football. Yeah, I have him wide receiver six. number six. Okay. I have wide receiver six. I think we've gotten a little too high here. All right. He is the two on this team. And I'm about to go on a spiel. All I ask for is your ears for now. And then you can rip you can rip me apart afterwards. I don't care. Um, I've said it all year. 18 over 18, 18.08 yards per catch last year. That is never once in modern-day football since the 1960s happened for a full season span. Um, I'm not banking on him to repeat that this season. I just touched on T. Higgins getting 75 catches on the season. Jalen Waddle also had 75 catches on the season. So that being said, you compare the two, all right? Higgins had what? 1084 yards, 1,084 on the season. And the big difference is Jalen Water had like 1,350 plus. 1,360. 1,360. Um, with the same amount of catches. I expect that to come down, no doubt. He, just like, just like T. Higgins, he is overshadowed by a superior receiver who's not going anywhere for the next three years. Now, that being said, will Jalen Waddle make it on my buy list in two or three years? Probably. But right now, I'm telling you, wide receiver six value. I'm selling him for a high-end running back. I'm selling him for one of these high-end receivers. I'll tell you right now, I'd rather go out there and trade Jalen Waddle for a Monra Plus. I mean, the big difference is, like, I just don't see the volume getting into him. He's in a great offense. Sure. McDaniels has kind of switched things up there. Him and Tyreek are explosive together, but he's going to be the two for a long time. He was 32 in target share. Now, I don't know what that is because your big argument is Tua didn't play the whole season. I don't know what it was with Tua, but on season, that's 32nd. In the league, and he finished what wide receiver nine on the season, eight, eight, even worse. Like I don't expect this. I don't expect those numbers to repeat themselves. So I'm selling probably at his best season he's going to have in the next three years. Um, that's just that's just what it is, man. And on top of on top of the target share, twenty sixth in targets, um, at one hundred and seventeen. I don't, I don't love it, man. I just, I, I don't like it. I'm not buying at water receiver six price. I'm definitely selling. If I had any shares of water, which I don't, but if I did, I'd send them to you in a fucking second. You would. You damn sure yeah. would. Second. 
Um, all right. So this is a conversation we have very often. Um, speaking of which, I just bought another share of Jalen Waddle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's fun. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to have this conversation with you because we say we see things differently. Um, obviously, I'm not. I'm not looking for the 100 catches he had as a rookie. I'm not looking at the 135 targets he had as a rookie. But I'm looking at the fact that Mike McDaniel and the way they understand this offense and understand how to get the ball into their playmakers' hands in situations that make them succeed. Um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle being, if not one and two, but in that range of the most explosive receivers in the game of football. Um. On top of that, Jalen Waddle's route running ability doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Um, my biggest thing here is you're talking about the thirty second, um, the thirty second target share, and then he yeah, was like what twenty six in the league with one hundred seventeen targets. Yeah. Um, yeah, that number with Tua in the thirteen games played, thirty two jumps to sixteen. You just cut it in half. The 26th in targets, if you project it over a full year, Tua averaged 137 – or, uh, excuse me, Jalen Waddle averaged 142 targets if Tua plays at a 17-game pace. So the thing is, is obviously my biggest argument comes down to the fact of Tua playing 17 games. And that can be a wishy-washy argument. It really can. And it can also be a dangerous one to get into because we've never seen Tua play a full season in the NFL. So, I will say this, and I'm going to leave it at this because, you know, this conversation cuts deep. Buy in the talent you believe in. Um, I understand I understand the, uh, the argument for having um, Waddle as a sell. But in the top ten, we have three wide receiver twos, technically wide receiver twos, in our top ten dynasty consensus. Why are we not selling Devontae Smith? Why are we not talking about Devontae? Jalen Waddle is the best out of the three receivers we've talked about. He's – I'll say this, and <laughs> I don't mean to be, you know. Yeah, you're – I don't want to push it much further than already has, but me and my brother have been joking around, and the more I say it, the more I believe it. I think he might be one of the greatest boomer bust receivers the NFL and fantasy world has ever seen. He almost had the same amount of games over 10 points than he had under 10 points. Say what you I'm want. Two of them play games. And I'm going to assume. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, I'm going to assume the four games missed factor into the 10 under under 10. I'm going to assume that. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Two 10-target games and a 19-target game in the second game of the season. Outside of that, all under eight. It's about what he does with the ball in his hands when he gets the ball in his hands. He's I mean, I'm not cool. like I think he's a good talent. I do. I like Waddle. I don't. I, I just think that his value for what you can sell him for is way too high to not bank on it. Way I just bought high. him again. I just bought him again. So <laughs> I can't. No, I know. Yeah, I know. You're buying him everywhere. And we're on opposite ends of this. I will say that, but it's hard to repeat history, man. It is. It's it's difficult. I get it. I get it. Do I think eighteen point zero eight yards, you know, per catch is extremely high? Absolutely. But do I expect him to work 
in the let's go 15 to 17 range just with how explosive he is yeah of course do I expect if like I said if Tua plays a full 17 game slate do I expect the average targets per game to go up do I expect the overall target volume to you know increase a little bit and his overall catches to catch or increase a little bit yeah we're also not talking about the fact that he scored more touchdowns in the 2022 season than Tyreek Hill I mean do you think that repeats again I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, you I'm know just, what I mean? I don't know. It's just – I mean, listen, man. The Dolphins took him at wide receiver six – or as the six overall pick in the draft. I believe that they see something special in Waddle. I believe he is another Tyreek Hill clone, per se. Um, he is an elite talent, and he has, he has – like I said, he's one of the those route runners that's not talked about. He has an elite, elite, elite speed. And I just like the way he plays, man. He's my guy. He's one of my guys. Man, I will with, buy. It's Mr. Oswald Cobblepot, baby. That's yeah. all he is. It's yeah. really is, baby. Yeah. All right. So, fun time. We can get into the buys. You want to kick off buys since it kicked off well, sell? I have one more, I have one more sell. Mm. Um, so, I'm going to okay. sell here. It's tough because the general consensus has him at 30. But in some sites, it's like 18. He's a It's a wishy-washy ranking. It's hard to rank this guy. I'm selling Michael Pittman. He's also my honorable mention. So the thing about it is, yes, we can talk about, you know, he has elite wide receiver one target volume. He saw over 140 targets last year. He had 90-plus catches last year. He was, But he's one of the few receivers. He's actually the first receiver ever to go under 1,000 yards while having 90 or more catches. Wow. I thought that would have been Juju. No. <laughs> no. No. But saying this, I can see the situation where he could be a buy at some stance too. But when you play with guys who who the arms were shot, like Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, then you had Sam Ellinger, guys like that, you understand that the average depth of target is going to be low. They weren't looking to sling the rock. Carson Wentz, too. Carson Wentz, he, he was rough at times in Indianapolis to play with as well. Um, the average the average depth of target was low. Uh, Michael Pittman was working different as opposed to how he worked at USC. He was working intermediate to deep. He's an intermediate to deep threat. That's what Michael Pittman is. He's a big body guy. Um, so you bring in AR, who some have him as this QB1. I don't. Not even close. I absolutely hate this talent. So bash me if you want. But one of the worst college football passing tapes I've ever seen. It's very bad. Um, Michael Pittman being 25 contract, you know what I mean? That's the only thing. Is he is he leaving Indy? But if he's a long-term asset in Indy, I don't like it. I will say that I don't like it. Um, but then you're also talking about the fact that Maybe they're going to let him take some deep shots. I think Anthony Richardson's arm fits what Michael Pittman likes to do more. But like I said, again, I don't like the passing tape. <clears throat> so Pittman's been a Pittman's been a uh, a sell for me since the end of the 2022 season. It's just hard. It's hard to gauge his price because some, like I said, some have him as high as top 20, some have him as low as 30. I don't know. I don't know what his price is. Yeah, but he's still a sell for me regardless. Yeah, see, I'm with you on the Pittman. Just a lot, of, a lot of the same reasons is like he's always had. Well, I, 
I'm a big tape guy for wide receivers. I love watching wide receiver tape. I just think that, like, he's a wide receiver one, but he's not a wide receiver one talent. He, he doesn't have – I don't know. It's just – he just doesn't have the it factor that some of these, like, true wide receiver ones is. Like, we just talked about T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins is a better talent than Michael Pittman. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not there's even. there's plenty of guys out there that, like – if that deserve a wide receiver one role more than Michael Pittman does. I just don't think he's a fantastic receiver. He has a yet another quarterback with question marks, maybe more question marks than any quarterback he's had in the past. Um, the fancy nerds will tell you that in college with all the drops considered and all the stuff that, you know, the, that Anthony Richardson's accuracy computed to around 60%. Even then, eh, I mean, like you said, the tape for Anthony Richardson for rushing is phenomenal. Great. Phenomenal athlete. I think he will pan out in the league because we see these uh, rushing quarterbacks be more successful and kind of have time to work on their passing game. I don't know if – I don't know. I just – like Jalen Hurts, you can look at his tape in college and say, okay, he's a decent passer. Um, Justin Justin Fields. Fields, You can say the same thing with like – Okay, he's rushing the ball, but he looks decent passing the ball in college. Actually, Anthony Richardson looks bad, bad. Yeah, I mean, not so, great. I, I I'm give. not buying. I'm not buying the the connection with Pittman and. Uh, there are Richardson special cases, though. I mean, I will say Lamar wasn't great at Louisville in certain aspects of his passing. He has drastically improved. We've seen drastic improvement from Josh Allen. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm telling you, it's bad. It's yeah. rough. Yeah. Yeah. So out of all the rushing quarterbacks that came out rushing with the upside, it's tough, but I think he might have been the worst pass. Because even Lamar Jackson, like, if he had to pass the ball in college, he was making it happen somehow, some way. Um, I don't know. Richardson had a few pop games in college, but the passing stuff, not sold on it. Rushing, sure. Passing. Not sold. That being said, his wide receiver one not touching. Not Fair touching. enough. Let's let's crank it up, though. I mean, let's have some fun. Let's get into our buys. Yeah, I'm gonna let you kick off the buys, but boy, I know you're gonna talk about one that I've been wanting to touch on. So I hope you do him justice when you touch on them. Yeah, I'm gonna start here. Um, let's talk about the Denver Broncos for a minute. Everything that could have went wrong for the Denver Broncos last year did. We're going to talk about how bad Nathaniel Hackett was, especially in situational play calling. He was pretty bad. Um, Russ played 75% of his season on a knee injury. It was really bad. Javante Williams goes down week four. Terrible. Gary Judy suffers high ankle sprain. Rough. Rough. Let's go to 2023. Javante is going to be healthy at some point in the season. Jerry Judy's coming into 2023 healthy. You add Sean Payton. And the Denver Broncos spent $110 million to revamp their offensive line. So what does that mean for me? I'm buying Jerry Judy, baby. Even though, like, if you go back and look at 2022, even though how bad the Denver Broncos were, Jerry Judy was a shining, was a shining like a bright spot. He was a he was an absolute bright spot. From wider from from week eleven on, he was wide receiver seven. 
drawing over seven and a half targets per game, averaging over 85 receiving yards a game, had a three touchdown game. Yeah. And that span had six touchdowns total. We're yeah. talking about we're talking about solid numbers. We're talking about wide receiver seven. Averaged over 17 points per game. And he still finished with almost 14 points per game on the season. He's going into his fourth year. Now, granted, year two and year three have been rough, only just mm-hmm. due to the fact that he's had high ankle sprains in back-to-back seasons. It's been rough. If Jerry Judy plays a full 17-game season, there's it is not out of the realm of possibility for him to finish as a top-10 wide receiver. He is an elite talent, and he's got to be, in my opinion, anywhere from a top-five to top-seven route runner in football. When he comes to creating separation and he just comes to getting open, he is an elite wide receiver. It just hasn't – it hasn't all – it hasn't all came in full circle for him yet, um, but he's one of my big buys, especially as a wide receiver, twenty-five in dynasty price. As a, you know, mm-hmm. talking about keep trade cut, he's a huge buy. Yeah, so I have nothing negative to say about Judy. I, we, me and Steve talked about our buys. Um, I'm with Steven on both of his buys, so this is something I can back. I'm all for it. Um, I'm buying Jerry Judy as well. Wide receiver twenty-five. I think he can absolutely blow that out of the water this year um i mean what's worst case scenario i mean i don't think there's a possibility he finishes outside what top 20 i mean realistically top 15 is not like crazy for jerry judy i'm telling you i don't think it's crazy that he finishes as a top top 10 top 12 well, i won't i won't say top 10 but top 15 is like very much possible. Like I said, end of the season on a great note with Russell Wilson as soon as he was healthy and feeling good on the field. Now you bring in Sean Payton, who's going to run a much better offense. I cannot emphasize that enough. One of the better coaches we've had in the last decade. Um, say what you want. I, Sean Payton's great, man. He's True. made it work with short with short quarterbacks. He made it work with Drew Brees. He's definitely going to make it work with Russell, Russell Wilson. Now, I don't know if Russell can make it back to his Seahawks days, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. But he's definitely going to play, play better than he did this year. And I think that's going to bode well for Judy. And I know we're not touching on him, but maybe even Cortland Sutton a little bit. I don't think Sutton's going to be the one. I don't want to touch on him too much. But, like, it does so much for these two guys just to have better play schemes, get these guys open, let Jerry Judy do what he does best, run some routes, man. And just get open and see what he could do with the ball in his hands. Um, I mean, what are we looking at? Like 120, 130 targets for him this year, around there, projections wise. If you go off the last from week eleven till week eighteen, you're looking at a hundred and you're looking at over 145. Yeah. I mean, I'm like that, that's hard to project, but I'll stay yeah. modest. I'll stay can, modest. I'll stay modest and I'll ride. I'll ride it out. I'm I'm going to cut my my bottom line at 140. Yeah. So, I mean that's great. That's great target volume. It's the same thing that a monitor seen last year. Monitor is around that same area of target share. And yeah, 146. He, 146. Yeah, he, he did great. So, I mean, I think it is time for Jerry Judy. Everybody saying this year, this year, this year, this year. I think this actually might be the year that I'm actually going to get on board the Jerry Judy ship. I haven't been on it previous years, but this year I think it might actually be the time for him to break out. Everything's lining up for him as long as he can stay on field. I think it's Jerry Judy takeoff season. I agree. And I again I don't think I don't think Russ's fall off happens to the drastic extreme that it happened last year. 
Um, you don't go from playing as an elite QB for the last, what, eight to ten years, um, especially as a, as a dynasty QB in the fantasy world, to the drastic fall off that you saw at Russ last year. That doesn't just happen. Um, and like I said, people, you know, people don't want to talk about the fact that he played over 75% of the year on a knee injury. That's tough. That's tough. So they did the right thing. They revamped the O-line. They put the money into the investment into what, what Russ needs. Um, like I said, Javante going down last year, week four doesn't help uh, out top on top of the fact that he's a great running back. He's a great pass blocker as well. He's very good in that aspect too. There's a lot of things looking up. And like I said, now you get to bring in Sean Payton. You get to bring in the creativity of Sean Payton. Yeah. I think I think this this offense will be a lot better than they were last year. And Jerry Judy is my buy. Yeah. So on the other side over here, um, I'm going to continue to touch on him. Not going to stop. Um, it seems like the dynasty community loves him or hates him. So it's hard to uh, – to buy from some, easy to buy from others. Uh, I love Calvin Ridley this year. <sighs> love Calvin Ridley. I'm I'm buying him. I I well, to be fair, I already owned him in a lot of leagues in the first place. But um, yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still buying. Especially this year, if you're in a contending situation, Calvin Ridley, if you buy him at the right price, could potentially win you a championship. Hot take, maybe. But that being said, the Jaguars face the easiest strength of schedule for wide receivers in the entire NFL. He is an elite route runner. Yes, he's been out of football for two years. Yes, he's missed time. He's mental health, whatever. Throw it at me. I don't care. He's been working behind the scenes this whole time. He has not fallen off. If you look at the videos that the Jaguars released, he's still got it. His feet are still quick. His top, his like to me, he's a top five route runner in the league, and I don't know if that goes away. Like route running is kind of just the gift; like you either have it or you don't. And I don't think it's something that you lose. You back to his last full season, he had 143 targets with over 3,500 or excuse me, 1,350 yards. That's nuts. Top five wide receiver. Now I'm not saying he's going to do that with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I mean he could. He could be top ten at like a top 20 price. Um, yeah, he's got he's got the whole Trevor Lawrence has his connection with with Christian Kirk. That's fine. That's fine. There's going to be plenty of room for Calvin Ridley. I don't think that the Jags go out and get Calvin Ridley just to use him as a wide receiver too. I think he's there to be the guy. And I think it might be what sets T-Law over the edge to have that guy that he can throw to and say, okay, I have faith in this guy. Um, I'm excited to see him work, and I think Calvin Ridley's going to go right back to form. I am excited to see Calvin Ridley play again. I am. The only thing I have, my only question to you is this. When we talk about boomer bust. And obviously, I get that these guys are going to be phased out in certain aspects. And, like, um, that what I'm talking about, like, Evan Ingram or Zay Jones, guys like that. Yeah. Um, but there's so many mouths to feed in this offense. You have Ridley. You have Christian Kirk, who was wide receiver 11 last year with over 135 targets with, with Trevor Lawrence last year. Again, 
Ingram running primarily out of the slot. Zay Jones, um, Travis Etienne out of the backfield. Granted, I know Etienne hasn't showed the receiving profile that we think he that he should have shown since he came out of Clemson. Um, My question to you is, are there boom and bust weeks set up for Calvin Ridley with the amount of mouths to feed that are in this offense? I mean, sure. But, like, what do you consider, like, a boom, but, like, under 10 points in a game? How you're drafting Calvin Ridley, I I assume – let's let's go under 10. I'm assuming because, I mean, you know I mean? That's what I – obviously, he's not Waddle Price, so. But – yeah. I mean, like yeah. you said, like we just touched on Waddle, like you're buying Waddle all over the place. He's a big boomer bust guy. I get that, like, his ceiling might be a little bit higher than Ridley's, but I think Ridley's floor is higher than Ridley than Waddle's because Waddle's some games, he just disappears. Even with two on the field, he had two games under seven points. Like, I don't think he's, like, that level boomer bust. I mean, yeah, sure, you'll see some games where, like, He'll get like nine points. I really, I think, I don't think in this offense that he can get under 10 consistently. I don't exactly. Um, I expect the passing volume for T Law to go up. Zay Jones is going to get phased out. I think Ingram would get phased out a little bit. Even they just paid Ingram, so they believe in him. They're going to give him targets, but he'll probably get less than he did last year. Zay Jones will get less. ETN's, like you said, not catching balls out of the backfield. I don't really expect Tank Bigsby to be catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think you can see 130 targets right along the side. Like I can see them doing like a a one a one b with with Ridley and Kirk, and they can kind of just coexist together. Fair enough. Um, in the same range as aspect, you know as that we say. So like my buy is in the same range as your buy. Judy Ridley values pretty similar. Pretty similar. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Um, he's always been your guy. Um, I just the, – the two years off scares me. It really does. It scares me. Um, and we're going into – we're, we're at the wide receiver where he's a 28 now, going to be playing at 29 in this season. It just – it scares me a little bit. Um, but you can reap benefits as well. But it seems like the whole dynasty community is on the same page you are. They are buying Ridley. Now, my, my one thing I want to say about Ridley – when you're looking in dynasty startups, as opposed to where Ridley goes and Christian Kirk goes, I do not think the difference or the value and difference should be that high. I don't think it should be. Christian Kirk proved to be a solid wide receiver option for the Jags yeah. last year. I do not think the difference between Ridley and Kirk should be where it's at. Yeah, that's the I mean, only problem I have with it. That's fine. And I just think, like, you can make the same argument for, like, I mean, it's a little bit more of an extreme option because of the whole age situation. But with like DK and Lockett, how they coexist and complement each other, and they can just ride out the same way. Like DK's value and Lockett's value on like three, four, maybe five rounds different, depending on where you're looking at. Um, I think it's like the same situation. Now, what are they like two rounds apart ADP wise? Um, uh, sometimes, sometimes it's five in the fifth round for Calvin Ridley, sixth round as opposed to Kirk, like eight. Mid eight, yeah. So I mean, it exists in the fantasy world. It's just it is what it is. Now, I mean, I wouldn't be lying if <laughs> if uh, I'm I'm still buying Christian Kirk in the same situation that I'm buying Kevin Ridley. Like I don't know. I think that um, I think this is it for T Law. I think this is yeah. I'm buying. 
I'm buying Kurt. I think this is this is the big the big boom for T Law, and I kind of want to own most of this offense that I can. Um, but I have to pick the two. Give me Ridley. I think he has a higher upside than Christian Kirk. He's a better wide receiver than Christian Kirk. Now, will it take a little bit for Ridley to get his feet set in the league? Like, is he going to come out getting you 25 points a game or 25 points out the gate? Games like that. Probably not. It might take him like three, four weeks to get his feet wet in the league before he takes off. But the weight's probably going to be worth it in the end when you're looking at fantasy playoffs and he's been through a full season he's kind of got that collection connection with t-law and i mean that's where i think that's where he's your big like league winner this year for me because go through a full season chances are him and t-law are going to click at some point i was told that i was crazy that trevor lawrence could take the the leap into the elite of the elite this year the joe burrow range the you know the herbert range okay hey it is what it is um let's jump into my last buy I, I think i think the dynasty community is on this as well uh but i still see him going later in drafts like he's being drafted after calvin ridley and that i kind of have a problem with um i don't think the upside is as high as calvin ridley's was when he was playing in the league um you know that 1300 yard season massive touchdown numbers i don't think his upside is obviously not that high but I think his floor is safer. I think he's one of the safest wide receivers in the league. And we've never seen him play with a good QB. Let's talk about DJ Moore. Um, DJ Moore's rookie year was played with Cam. Now, granted, that was the year TJ Watt hit Cam on a Thursday night, and he was never the same ever again. From that point on, we're talking about Darnold, Baker, mm-hmm. PJ Walker. We can keep going. This is bad. This is real bad. Yeah, it's bad. bad. But we're talking about the 1100 yard and four touchdown floor. That's what he that's what he was set. He set the bar there. Yeah. He's silky smooth. He's a silky smooth wide receiver. He's very very good. Um last year obviously didn't hit that mark, but he had seven touchdowns. Something we've never seen him do. You know what I mean? It's always been four. He was stuck at four for forever. Yeah. I thought Something he was like the, you drafted him to get 1100 yards and four touchdowns. Like that's why yeah, That's what you drafted him for. Right. Yeah. But we're talking about he's shown he's shown elite target. He's had elite target volumes in his time in Carolina. Granted, it wasn't the best. Um, but now we talk about we're going to an ascending football team. The Chicago Bears are going to be an ascending, fun football team to watch for the next couple of years. Um, they they believe in Justin Fields. They made that trade out of the one spot. They added a lot of draft capital. They drafted his left tackle. Um, they added to the running back room. I, they believe in this team. They believe in Justin Fields. You go get him a wide receiver one. This will be the best QB that DJ Moore's played with, you know, to this point in his career, and maybe ever. I don't know if he's going to stay in Chicago long term, but this is, you know, I'm excited to own DJ Moore. I I get excited now. Yeah. So here's the thing. I've always loved DJ Moore. That's well documented. That's not like a secret I'm hiding from anybody. I've I love, love, love DJ Moore. Safest four. Elite wide receiver that's always had unlucky quarterbacks. He's always been in a tough situation. That being said, how much better is Justin Fields than at throwing the ball than these other quarterbacks that he's had? Sure, he's better. 
drastically. But, like, in my he opinion, was in the bottom, like, probably five in targets for a starting quarterback. I mean, I mean, attempts, excuse me, 318 on the season. Right. But I don't, I, I guess my, my thing is, is you don't. If he plays a full, so, excuse me, if he plays a full season, it's probably closer to like 345, 350. He missed some time. Um, but I don't know, like, what does that, what does that leave him for target wise? Like 110, 120? Like, you kind of have the hope that the passing volume goes up. So, my thing about it is, I don't think you bring in a DJ Moore type receiver. <clears throat> you don't improve the O line and you don't do these things to set up, you know, a passing script that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. I see. I don't. Do I see Justin Fields throwing the ball thirty-five times a game? No. Yeah. No, I don't. But twenty-six, twenty-seven times a game? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think they want him to run the ball the way he did last year. He got killed. He's gonna yeah. get killed playing football like that. Um. Now, granted, are they gonna tell him to change his game? No. No, they're gonna let him run the ball. They're gonna let him do what he does. But in college, he was he has an he had an elite passing profile. We can literally pull up his college tape. He has an elite passing profile. He was a better he was a better passer than Lamar Jackson was coming out of coming out of Louisville and Ohio State. He was a clearly better passer. He was one of the best passers in college football at that point. It was him and yeah. T. Law. That's who it was. Um. So I I expect this to be a drastic a drastic improvement when it comes to QB play for DJ Moore. Um, and I expect. I expect the same type of similar growth for Justin Fields as Jalen Hurts. Maybe not to that extreme, but there's no – it's not a realm of possibility to say that Justin Fields couldn't finish in the top five fantasy QBs this year. He has that upside. Yeah, but he has that upside through his legs more so than his arm. Like, what did he rush for last year? Over 1,000. Yeah, over 1,000. Yeah. So, I mean, I expect him to be about that same thing. Um He'll probably get a thousand again this year. He's that's a big part of his game. That just is what it is. Like, like you said, coaches aren't going to tell him how to play the game. Like he is who he is. You can't really force him to be a passer. But that being said, DJ Moore as a receiver, yeah, I'm buying him. I mean, I'd still like. I do think that Justin Fields is the best passer he's had in his career, and I am buying him. If I wasn't already before, but. I don't know. Justin Fields scares me just a tiny bit. I just hope that the passing volume goes up so we can see DJ Moore to what he's supposed to be and can be. Like I've just been yeah. waiting for that for yeah. so long. I mean, I understand that I understand the concerns when it comes to the the projected passing volume and target yeah. volume for Fields and Moore. I, I get it. But I I don't know, man. I really like what I've been hearing out of camp. I really like the reports that yeah. I, I really do, man. So I'm excited. But let's touch on your last buy. This is where I'm going to take more shots at Jan Waddle here. So my last buy might be an easy out. I took two hard sells. Okay. So I'm going to take an easy buy. Um, I'm buying Chris Olave. I sold him this early this year, like a fucking bozo before Derek Carr got there. Um it is what it is. Um, I would love to get him back. 
you got to talk to me to get him back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in that league, I'm not going to get him back in my home league. That's not going to happen. But there's other leagues I'm going to – I'll buy him in. Um, look, end of the day, he got Derek Carr. Derek Carr locks on to one guy and pretty much one guy only. It's like the last five years he produced a tight end one or a wide receiver one, whether it be Amari Cooper, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, whatever it is it may be. They get peppered with targets. Chris Olave, now in that situation. The only thing that worries me the tiniest of bit is if Michael Thomas is on the field. That's it. That's all I worry about. But at this point, Michael Thomas hasn't played meaningful football in, in how long? It's been like three, three, four years now. Um, so that scares me. But he's got four, three, nine speed. Great route running. He was one of my favorite guys coming out last year. I had him two behind uh two behind Burks. And like I know this is getting into like nerd shit as far as it goes, but like looking deep into the numbers, he was number one hundred in target premium last year. He had Andy Dolan throwing the ball, didn't get any good balls. That is awful. Negative thirty one point one, meaning that like the biggest thing to look at here is like Going from Andy Dalton, Derek Carr is going to get those targets of higher quality and even more volume. Um, number two against the man. That's the biggest stat that I saw that really had my eyes popping. Like, that's that's wild. Number two in the holy against man when you have these elite, elite wide receivers like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. He was number two. He was better than... Most of those guys are just listed. That's crazy. He's got the talent. Um, I think it's explosion season. And the two buys, T. Higgins and Jalen Waddle, I think if they both have off seasons this year, I think next year Chris Olave could be above them in Dynasty. I, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's not. No. Um, I mean, they're all in a, they're all like in a bunch tier for me. Like after the top seven. You have Olave, Devontae, Higgins, DK in a four-man range. In that. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, when you made that trade in your league, it was it was DK. It was, yeah, it was like Olave, a, Olave. It was Olave and DK swap, and then I traded down, I think, five spots. Right. Um, so not great. but Right. The thing is, is like I like – those bigger wide receivers, the alpha type wide receiver uh, prototypes with the elite red zone production and, you know, elite red zone peripherals. Um, I didn't mind the trade. So you think you're crazy for making the trade. I think DK is closer to Olave than you think. But to say this, Olave does have elite peripherals in his own. We talked about it um, many times, led all rookies in air yards last year. Like you said, number two against the man, um, get Bring in Derek Carr, who has produced five wide receiver one or tight end ones in his career, three straight seasons of doing so. Um, I'm not worried about Michael Thomas, man, at all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's, that's the, the only, only that's the only have. blimp on the radar for you. Yeah, long term, I'm good. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take Olave 100, 100 out of 100. Um, I think he's a great buy. I think he's a fantastic buy. The thing is, is the price. The price is, it's it's high. It's there. 
yeah. you're paying the wide receiver one price for Olave. So just be prepared to do so. That's the only thing I'll say. I just think you could do so confidently. Like 130 plus targets for him is realistically probably going to happen this year. I mean, if yeah, you're going to buy him, this is definitely the year to do it. Um, he, I think if it pans out the way it does, he'll be priced even higher next year than right now. I don't think it's – I've heard people talk about this and say that it's not out of the realm of possibility that he out-targets Garrett Wilson this year. Um, That's tough. I have Garrett Wilson ahead of Olave when it comes to having the better year. But I don't think anything's out of the realm of possibility. I, I am excited to see him play with Derek Carr. I am very excited to see to see him play with a QB, you know, who's top five over the last five years in deep attempts, who wants to push the ball down yeah. the field, who will play to Chris Olave's skill set and his speed. I can't wait to see it. Um, one honorable mention, I just want to throw somebody out there before we get out of here. Traylon Burks. Can we throw him out there? That's fine. I love Traylon. Um, we, we love Traylon. Yeah, I want to throw him as a buy. Um, obviously, the news comes out that Hopkins signs with the Titans, and everybody thinks Traylon Burke's value is shot. He went from, you know, as opposed to, like like I said, we're talking about keep trade cut here. He was before the signing wide receiver 20. Now he's wide receiver 31. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> right for the um, pick in, baby. And that you, hey, as of the day, this might be the lowest price you'll ever get for Traylon. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not projecting the Julio Jones, the Andre Johnsons, you know, that career trajectory for DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, we don't want that. He's one of the best to ever play the game. He's an elite talent. That's fine. But, and I know the lower passing volume. You know, it. You know how the Titans operate. I get it. But the, the talent's not going to just disappear. Yeah. And the same time, when AJ Brown was wide receiver six, Corey Davis finished wide receiver twenty eight. On top of Derrick Henry touching the ball 350 times. Yeah. He's wide receiver 31. He's being bought as dynasty wide receiver 31. Hopkins only signed a two-year deal. Yeah. Raylon Burks is 22 years old. Mm-hmm. There's, there is glaring success in his future. It is. I don't I don't want to I don't want to drag it on too long for Traylon because we do gotta start kind of wrapping it up. But like I think that everybody's assuming that. Yes, D Hop will probably get wide receiver one targets, but this opens up things for Traylon Burks in that two spot, and he can do what Traylon Burks does. Like he can go out there, get open, be a gadget guy, whatever they need him to do. D Hop opens so much up more than it was before because as the one, you have that pressure. You get the number one cornerback, um, and it's tough for these young guys. But if you can get D Hop to draw the one. You can have Traylon on the other side just working, doing his thing. Why can't they exist together? Um, yeah, not great history recently for the wide receiver two in Tennessee, but the way they draft I don't think one, I don't think a wide receiver work, two, I don't think a wide receiver two has been as talented in Tennessee as Traylon. Yeah. I don't think they've had that mold and skill set. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll leave it there because I do want to talk about Tennessee more when we get to like our tight ends and stuff like that. So um, that, that'll that'll wrap up our buy sell wide receiver edition. Uh, anything you want to say to the people? Thank you for coming out here. Um, this is a great episode for me. Waiting for so long for this. Um, th- if I could 
pin one podcast and say this is probably my most accurate information, I think it might be this one. Um, just saying that to the people. But besides all that, blah, 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 um, glad for the support. Like I said, shout out to Yards Per. Uh, streaming from their stream yard. It looks fantastic on screen. Um, shout out to RPO Football. So grateful for you two for giving us a platform, letting us do what we do best without having to do all the work um, behind the scenes. I'm just glad I can get on the screen and talk and people listen to me. Um, so I'm just, thank you for everybody out there. We love the support. We love the people. Um, that's about it. Steven, got anything else to say? Yeah. Um, today I let you do what you do. Next time we're on the stream, you're stepping into my domain. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm excited to talk running backs. I am very excited to talk running backs. But other than that, I want to do this, the same thing. Um, shout out RPO football, George Purr as well. Um, the platform, you know, that you guys, you know, give us every single day to produce content, yeah. um, talk on social media, uh, and just interact with the the fans that you've brought in and the fans that we've brought in. It's just a beautiful thing. Uh, we get to do this every day just because, you know, we're just chasing a dream. And you guys are the reason for that. Um, on that note, guys, this is going to wrap up the podcast, and we are out.